Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today. We get in the word every day here. And if you're new, we welcome you and hope you come back day after day after day because we believe that to get in the word of God every day really does make a difference in our life. So make sure you subscribe, hit the notify button so you know when we're going live and um, as well as like and share and leave a comment. I always like to hear from you. I'd asked earlier as we're learning this uh, FFPDQ method of responding to objections, I'd asked earlier to um, for you to submit some ideas you'd like me to talk about. And this was one I got multiple questions about, the homosexuality issue. Now, it's such a broad field, I kind of wondered, well, how do you address that with this method? And keep in mind, FFPDQ is not the only, or FFPDQ, you get it, you get it. it's not the only way to address objections. There are other ways to as well. But I thought of this one, and I thought we would deal with the subject of homosexuality. And what would you say if someone says, there's nothing wrong, I don't see anything wrong with homosexuality. After all, love is love. You've probably seen the signs out in yards. Love is love, Black Lives Matter, science is science, water is life, uh, or we believe in science is true, uh, water is life, these different no one is illegal, no human being is illegal. These, these slogans that are uh, in people's, on signs in people's yards these days. So what would you say? What would you say? There's nothing wrong with homosexuality. After all, love is love. Now, I do want to comment that the question is who you're talking to here. Because this question of homosexuality, is it right or wrong, is being asked by a wide variety of people. You have people on one side who are actually convinced, very activist, gay activist. And then you have people who are all the way over in the church who are wondering, and they're Christian, and they're heterosexual, and they're, they're not a gay activist, and they're not even, they're just wondering, you know, is it okay? And maybe they believe it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. After all, what they're doing doesn't hurt you, we're told. It doesn't affect you, what they decide to do in privacy of their own homes or whatever. I'm going to be addressing more people on that side today. This is less for the gay activists. This is more for a person who might have reached a conclusion, but they're, they're still open-minded on the topic and they're um, willing to discuss it. So if someone says, I don't see anything wrong with homosexuality. After all, love is love. I'd say this. I can see how you feel that way. Uh, Others have felt that way, too, until they discovered what, uh, until they realized, I don't want to say it, until they saw through a, this clever slogan, and they realized God, our creator, has weighed in on this topic as well. <clears throat> I'm curious, do you know what God says about homosexuality? Do you know what God says about homosexuality? This is an important thing because I often ask people, how do you decide whether a moral issue like this that has been thought of as wrong for thousands of years, and now we're as a culture have changed our opinion on this, how do you decide? On what basis do you make your moral choices? Is it because of a movie you saw? Is it what someone in Hollywood said? Is it maybe something a psychology professor, something you heard in a psychology class at the university? Maybe it's because you know a friend who's homosexual, and they're not, they're not all that weird or bizarre or strange of a person. 
They seem like a nice person. Maybe it's like Joe Biden. He tells us, he, he said on Meet the Press oh, about six, seven years ago, when he was asked if he believed in gay marriage, and at this point, the Obama administration, just six, seven years ago, the Obama administration was opposed to gay marriage. And at this point, and he was asked on Meet the Press if he, and he, he broke with the Obama administration, said he, he's fine with it, he agrees with it. And the, the questioners, really? On Meet the Press, national TV, really? You, you disagree with the president on this? How do you make that decision? And he basically went on to say it was because he watched Will and Grace, a TV sitcom. And that changed what this Catholic man who tells us that he's a devout Catholic, he broke with the church, broke with tradition, broke with the Obama administration because he was watching Will and Grace and these homosexual characters seemed like fine people. How do you decide? That's the question. How do you decide? Does it just come down to a feeling you have? I would argue that most important thing, and when we want to discuss these things of sexual rightness and wrongness, is that we reestablish God has authority here. God is our creator. God is the one who gives us a moral code to live by. And when we, and we begin by saying it's not up to Hollywood, it's not up to secular education, it's not up to psychology, it's not up to Sigmund Freud, it's not up to, to the playboy culture, it's not up to... Uh, the, the sexual revolution, it's up to, we, we need to discover what God Almighty says. And, when we, and, and that's where we start. Now, it's very interesting to know what God says. You go to the Bible. But let me add a quick disclaimer before I explain what God does say, is that even today, this, the onslaught of homosexual, gay, gay LGBT propaganda is now reaching not only our schools and Hollywood and the business world, but it's reaching into the church more and more and more. Just this week, uh, someone wrote me and asked, they said, Tom, I don't know how to answer this question. I was told the word homosexual is not even in the Bible. And how do we, and, and I'm confused. I thought it was. Explain this to me. Well, if you use the King James Version of the Bible, it does not use the word homosexual, and it doesn't use it for a simple reason. The King James Bible is translated in 1611. The word homosexual was not even a word until the mid-19th uh, mid, uh, century. Yes, that's true. Back in 1611, they didn't have the word homosexual. They used the word sodomite or those who abuse themselves with mankind or things of this, this is how it was translated. It's not that the concept wasn't there. It's not that the idea and the condemnation of it wasn't there, but the word was not yet invented. So obviously it's not in the King James Bible, but it is in every modern translation. So this type of disinformation of people who don't really understand the Bible is being taught to our Christian young people. And indeed, we need to realize that this, this it's not, no longer just to live and let live. It's coming after the church and, and requiring, demanding that the church accept and celebrate this lifestyle, this activity, what the Bible calls a sin. Now, one other thing before I tell you, when we say what we say here, it's got to be said in compassion. If we're speaking with a homosexual person, we've got to realize a lot of them are hurting, and they have a great deal of self-hatred, and they project that we hate them because 
a lot of them, they, they don't like themselves. They're trying to learn how to like themselves. This is what the gay pride is all about. Be proud of who you are. Like yourself. Because they struggle with that. Because they realize there's something not right about themselves. And so they're trying to learn to like themselves. And they assume that if you disagree with them, you don't like them. It's important that we do tell people we love them because God loves them. Doesn't love what he did, what they do. It doesn't want love. God never loves sin. And when we're tempted, see, this is not their identity. When they're tempted, we say God loves you, but he doesn't want you to do what you're tempted to do. Separate. That's not who you are. We'll get to that in just a moment. All right. So quickly, there are seven points that I'd like to make here about what the scripture says about sex, because it's not just homosexuality. It's about sex in general. Number one, First, Genesis 1.27, God created humans, male and female. He didn't make us with 57 different genders, different, different identities and things of this nature. He made us male and female, and this definitely has a sexual component to it. It's the primary way when you talk about the difference between male and female, you're talking about a sexual quality there. Number two, God defines marriage as a joined together of a male and female. This is found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 23 and 4. For this cause, shall, the Bible says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were, were both naked and were not ashamed. It doesn't say he didn't leave his mother and father. It doesn't say that the man and his mistress, man and his uh, girlfriend, man and his uh, significant other. It says the man and his wife. In John, excuse me, in Matthew chapter 19, when Jesus was asked about divorce, he answered the divorce question by pointing out what a marriage is. And he says, have you not read? John, Matthew 19, this is very, very important what Jesus said. People say Jesus never addressed homosexuality. Well, he addressed what is right sexually and about marriage. And he said, have you not read? that in the beginning, he who created them in the beginning, made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. You see, Jesus from the very beginning pointed out a marriage is a male and a female, a man and his wife joined together. This is what a marriage is. Number three, marriage is required before God approves of sexual relations. You know, I don't know if we're ever going to win the battle on the LGBT issue as Christians when we still have such a lackadaisical attitude towards adultery and fornication. And, we, and indeed, in our culture today, we often focus so much on the LGBT because that's pushing the envelope even further. But let's understand that God says in, Matthew, in Hebrews chapter 13, let marriage be held in honor by all. And let the marriage bed be undefiled, for fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Fornication would be premarital sex, those who don't honor, honor marriage, that they engage in sexual relations without marriage, and God says marriage first. Adultery would be those who defile the marriage bed. They bring in a, 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 someone other than their spouse into their marriage bed. And Christians, we need to be just as strong on the fornication and adultery that's often tolerated in our churches as the homosexual issue. Homosexuality is a step further, 
but they're both wrong, and they both we and both of them we have to get back to asking a question. God is the authority, and if we if we say that we're going to honor God and His authority and what He says about sex, that includes fornication and adultery. But marriage is the only place where sex is appropriate, and and permitted by God. And marriage, as we just saw, is between a man and a woman. Number four, therefore, homosexual sex is sinful and forbidden. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Do not know the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And it gives a list for neither fornicators nor adulterers, nor thieves, nor idolaters, nor homosexuals shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that word would not be found in the King James, as we said earlier, but it's definitely found in all modern translations of the Bible. And people might try and tell you, you know, well, that's not what the word means. And I often am amazed at these uh, people who, you know, don't know a, a letter of the Greek alphabet other than what their fraternity symbol is, that try and tell me what Greek words meant in the, what Paul meant in the original Greek. But every scholar who translates this, into every scholar who translates this, into every Bible out there, does, uh, translates the word homosexual. Number five, love alone is not a sufficient reason for sex. This, you know, love is love. What's, what's wrong with homosexuality if they love one another? Love is not a sufficient reason to have sex. We love all kinds of people. We don't think of having sex with them. You know, you, 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 you might love your mother, your father. You might love your, your sister. You might love all kinds of people. You don't, that doesn't mean you have sex with them. And see, this is part of the whole propaganda, is to mix up the word love with uh, the, there's different types of love. There's brotherly love, there's family love, familial love, there's, there's, and there's sexual love, erotic love. And to mix up this word and what Jesus is saying here and what the Bible says, we've got to be clear in our definitions. Erotic love, sexual love, the Greek word eros, is only to be within the marriage. Other forms of love, obviously not. Not all love is the same. No, I'm sorry. Finally, no one is born a homosexual. No one is born a homosexual, nor is it their identity. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, again, verse 9 and 10, neither fornicators, adulterers, idolaters, nor homosexuals shall inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, and such were some of you. Such were. You used to be an adulterer, but now you're washed, you're cleansed, you're justified and sanctified in our Lord Jesus Christ. You used to be an idolater. You used to be a fornicator. You used to be a homosexual. But now you're washed, cleansed, sanctified, justified by our Lord Jesus Christ. That's not your identity anymore. Your identity now, you're a child of God. And we have to help people break this because in the homosexual uh, talking points and propaganda and psychology, you cannot separate their act from who they are. This is their identity. And as a matter of fact, it becomes the number one aspect of their identity. You ask them who they are, then it won't say I'm a human being. That's how we think of them. It won't say I'm a child of God. That's how we think of them. It won't say I'm, a, I'm a, you know, just a person. First thing, I'm, I'm a gay man. I'm a lesbian. No, we're all human beings. All human beings face temptation. All human beings, beings have challenges. But our identity is as a human being. Sinner, 
and sanctified, saved by Jesus Christ, therefore having the power to overcome those temptations and sins. Well, there's much more I could say about this, and I try and keep these daily devotionals to 15 or so minutes, and we've already hit that that, uh, period of time. Uh, I've spoken about elsewhere, other places, and I could speak about a lot because there is so much disinformation on this topic out there. It's a big, big issue, folks. People ask, will homosexuality bring the judgment of God upon us? Well, if you read Romans chapter 1, our acceptance of homosexuality as a culture is the judgment of God. It's not bringing it. It is. And indeed, many, 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 many lives are being damaged, destroyed. And more and more, it's not just a matter of live and let live. You know, let them do whatever they want. It's a matter of you must celebrate, you must accept, you must tolerate, you must embrace, you must say it's the moral equivalent, there's nothing wrong with it, or else you get canceled, you get, you get, uh, you get in trouble. And so it's harder and harder to stand for what's right. I, you know, back, uh, well, I just, we're just going to move to prayer here in a moment. It's harder and harder. Might we stand firm with wisdom? As we've said here before, we must be shrewd as serpents. Innocent as does, knowing how to stand for God's truth, overcoming evil with what's righteous. You know, you know the best way to really overcome this homosexual onslaught in our culture is for you and I to hold firmly, strongly, clearly to God's standards of sexuality, for you and I to stay married, for you and I to raise our children well, for you and I to love, love your spouse, you to be a model and example. One of the things, one of the Lures of homosexuality has been the breakdown of the of the of the nuclear family, and as we have more and more of our family succeeding, there'll be less of a lure of homosexuality. That's the truth, and that's one thing you can do: know the truth, stand for it, make sure you live it, live it loud and proud in front of other people. Live your heterosexual marriage, and in my case, for forty-three years, live it in front of people. And when they see it, there's, there's less lure into that which is unnatural. Father in heaven, we come to you today and we, we think of this, this area of homosexuality and the confusion. Some of the slogans, Lord, that, that just seem so uh, effective and they've so deceived the world and, they've, been, and they've, they've advanced this gay activist agenda. I pray, Father, for our young people to not be deceived. I pray for our churches to not be deceived. I pray for the people of God in the churches, the young people, the young Christians, Lord, to be standing firm and basing their convictions on what you have said. And with all the onslaught and all the propaganda and all the disinformation causing them to question what the Bible says and question the validity of the Bible, questioning the validity of your word in this really vital issue of moral area of moral behavior help our people be strong help them be courageous help them be shrewd as a serpent innocent as a dove help them to search the scriptures carefully and build their lives upon it we pray for this for our young people we pray for this for our churches we pray for this in our culture oh lord we would ask that once again that your voice the voice of God's word would have a greater authority than the voice of a Hollywood celebrity or some porn star or some 
CEO of a, a Fortune 500 com company or some political leader or some university professor. We pray that the word of God would resonate and ring true and be exalted. And Lord, that your word would be vindicated. It would be magnified and vindicated and shown to be true. We know, Lord, it is true. We hold on to it. We believe it. Help us in our marriages, in our relationships, in our own life to walk uprightly, righteously, and to live and to demonstrate the love with our spouse and our family. Help us, Lord, to be bright, shining lights in a more dark and perverse generation so that, that we have, that we could prove to be an example when others are, when other systems fail and other ideas fail, they know where to come. They see someone who's lived it and who's demonstrated it, and who's proven that the way of the Lord is the way of life and truth and victory. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today. We pray, Lord, for people we know who are engaged and snared in this trap of homosexuality, any of the LGBT or any of these other uh, dysfunctions, Lord. We pray for them to be delivered and to find peace, life, and true joy and holiness and purity through Jesus Christ. We pray for these things and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. God bless each one of you. Be strong in the Lord. I wish I had other resources. Maybe I'll post some below. We'll see. Uh, I know I've done other, other messages on this, and there are good, there's good literature out there. Some of it gets canceled, though. Some of it gets canceled. I'm hoping this YouTube doesn't get me canceled. Anyway, God bless you. You have a great day. Walk with the Lord. Be wise, be shrewd, be strong in the Word of God. We are involved in a true conflict in our culture where the what we've talked about today, whose authority counts? Is it the authority of God or the authority of man? The Word of God or the Word of man? And indeed, we are in this, that's the great clash of our culture. Let's make sure that we, in every way we can, aren't overcome by evil, but we overcome evil with good and that we live under the authority of God with all of our heart. You have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow morning as we continue on these uh, with another objection that we have to know how to answer as we stand firm. Okay, God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.